Welcome to the Ask Brian Podcast Radio Show, where you'll hear from some of the most successful founders and CEOs of businesses and startups, sharing their best advice for success, and even some stories on how their mistakes actually make them even more successful. Now, here are your hosts, Brian and Tracy. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You're listening to the Ask Brian Radio Show on KHS 1220 and 98.1. Every Thursday, 1 to 2 p.m. Since January 2017, our pilot was actually December 2016. We've been now doing this for over six and a half years. And each week, the Ask Brian Show comes to you live. We discuss business. We usually will have an interview with a founder or somebody that can explain something about business to teach people a business lesson. But the Ask Brian Show is spelled A-S-K-B-R-I-E-N. And every week, people do not understand why Brian is spelled with an E or why my name is Peter and I'm the host of the Ask Brian Show. But my lovely co-host, Tracy, is going to try to fill in some of the gaps. Tracy, you there? <laughs> yes, thank you for that phenomenal introduction, Peter. And yes, we have asked Brian with an E because we have several E's that make this show successful. The first of which, always the first, is our engineer. So, yay, engineer! Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> and he's even been trying to clap on. <laughs> and then, of course. Without the engineer, we couldn't have the show be possible. And without our guests, who are phenomenal experts, we the show would not be possible. So, engineer is an expert. Well, what does that mean, an expert? Experts are defined, in general, by a really fun mathematical formula, which you know I love. And our experts are very much so thought leaders, subject matter experts in their space, their business category. But to become an expert by definition, it's estimated that you have to log a minimum of 10,000 hours in your area of expertise. And so based on that, you're looking at, at 52 weeks a year, at 40 hours a week, maybe take a vacation here or there. That, that's the trajectory that would normally take you about five years. However... We know, Peter, you and me, we know that nobody's starting a business and working 40 hours a week, and if they are, it's not not on the fast track. It ain't going anywhere. (laughs) It ain't going anywhere. So we feel like that's probably more of like a three-year window based on our experts and the, the turbocharged expertise they bring. And our guest today, you will find, has actually spent 28 years in her field, which is really amazing. So lots of great information to come from her, which I'm sure you're very excited about, which is another one of our E's. Well, yes, excitement is a very one, but you know one of my favorites. Enthusiasm! Woo-hoo! Oh, yes. And I do, I just remembered that we forgot to tell our guest to turn down her headphones for that. That's because you lack that big E, empathy. The big empathy E. Now, I'm not the one that lacks You should have told her. Here, but we're, <laughs> well, yes, you might be right about that, but you could have told her too. But I'm <laughs> abrasive and a, and a host. That's not my job. Okay. Did you say you're an abrasive host? Yes, yes. I do think that's true. <laughs> okay. So we have many 
other E's, and we have really been wanting to share those, but I also think we want to get on to our guests, so why don't you let the audience know a secret key word to what one of my favorite E's is. Well, before we do that, and maybe I didn't hear you say it, but Uh our show does educate people, and that's a big thing here. We try to educate people, so... Yes, and if there was an E on the report card right before F, I would probably be getting an F today for my deliveries on the E's. But, yes, education is a critical component of the show. We want to shortcut your learning curve if you're out there hustling, trying to start a business or a side hustle or run your business, or if you're thinking about leaving your corporate gig and starting a business, we're the show for you. And that is 100% for sure. But now we're going to do Tracy's favorite. Can you get a drum roll? Thank you. (laughs) That was a long drum roll. Well, my favorite is quite a lovely extension from Grease Lightning because I am absolutely always electrifying. (laughs) And Peter Peter and she sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, now if our guest hasn't said, what did my PR person get me into? If she's sticking around. <laughs> so that's our little intro to the Ask Brian Show. And so the first question we have, uh, well, first of all, so your name of your company is what, Arden's Gardens? Yep. And before Arden's Gardens, did you have a, a prior business background? Uh, I had a business degree. Does that count? Yes, it does. Where's the claps? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I had one job. I had one job prior to Arden's Gardens. That was it. All right. So you had some little background. So how did you come up with the name Arden's Gardens, and how did you decide to start that business? So my mother is Arden. Okay. And my mom, I was one of the co-founders with my mom and my brother. My mom was a huge health nut all of our lives, you know, feeding my brother and I the grossest combinations. And... She always pined away for this amazing cold-pressed home juicer that she couldn't afford. And after 30 years of wanting this juicer, it cost $2,200 in 1993. And she said, well, I'm not going to go my whole life without this amazing juicer. So she did the all-American thing. She got out her credit card. She bought the juicer. And to make herself feel better, she called her friends and family and said, I have this amazing juicer. I want to use it. If you want juice, I want to make it for you. And that's where, how we started off. Uh, no money, just making juice and giving it out for free. Well, giving it out for free we get, but when did it become a business? So after about, mm, I'd say about six months just doing that in her neighborhood, a health food store opened up close by and they heard about her and they said, hey, come to the back of our store. We'll give you the produce. You make the juice and we will split the sales. And my mom thought, wow, this is amazing. This is a home run because I'm buying the produce and giving it away. So off she went to that health food store with her little home cold press juicer, which is very, very labor intensive. No business can ever last on this small juicer. So since she needed extra labor, she called my brother and I free labor and uh, we came over to help. And after about nine months, No one was getting paid because this is 1994, and cold-pressed juice is not popular. No one really knows about it. We're bottling in mason jars, writing the names of the juices on top of the bottles, or the the jars, rather. And so as a last-ditch effort, we told our mom, hey, why don't you go into Buckhead where people have money and try to sell this juice? 
And our idea was for her to go to stock brokerage houses or lawyers' offices, you know, where people have disposable income. But my mom didn't think like normal people, or at least what we thought was normal, and she decided to go to hair salons. And that decision turned our entire business around because hairstylists are always stuck in their stations. They have cash from tips. They like things that are new and trendy, and they always have a new customer in their chair. And so in three weeks, my mother was selling three times the amount in these hair salons as we were in that health food store, and a business was born. That was our business hairstylists and hair salons and cold press juices. Normally, I would have given that to Tracy because Tracy loves to pivot, and that was a one big, big pivot that actually worked out very, very successfully. That is amazing. So some of us don't know the difference between juicers and press juicers. So what exactly is press juice? You're pressing it more? What, yeah. what does that mean? Let me tell you the difference. So cold press juice, so there are four things that affect nutrients in juice. Number one is heat. The other three are light, air, and electricity. So a cold press juicer never heats up the juice. So the opposite would be a centrifugal juicer. They are cheaper and much easier to use, but they spin the juice to the centrifugal spinning force that makes the juice come out, and it gets very hot very quickly. And so what happens is you need to drink the juice right away. But if you use a cold-pressed juice, what you do is you have a sharp knife that cuts the fruit or vegetable, makes it into sort of a mush, and then you put it in a filtered bag, and you press it with a hydraulic press, and the juice drops to the bottom, and the pulp stays inside the bag. So the quality of the juice is much, much better because it never is introduced to heat. And so you have a higher quality product, and, and that's what cold-pressed juice is. Now, does that require refrigeration any quicker than regular juice, or is the same? The same. Both juices require refrigeration, but because centrifugal juice gets heated up, the enzymes start to change and denature, so it's not quite, it's not as stable as cold-pressed juices are, and it's not as nutritious. So it's a better quality product if it's cold-pressed, but both of them, if they haven't been treated, need to have 38-degree refrigeration to stay fresh. And you can use any produce or, or, or any limitations with a cold press? You can use commercial-grade produce or you can use organic. It's a choice. When we started, we had two separate lines. One was all organic and one was commercial-grade. And the commercial-grade line outsold organic 10 to 1. And so we decided that cold-pressed juice, the pulp stays inside the filter bag and 99% of the pesticide stays in the pulp. So we felt that we could offer a quality product at a lower price point so it would be more accessible to more people. So we decided with the cold press we would offer a commercial-grade produce, but there are many companies that offer organic. It's a personal choice. So how did you approach the first hair salon to do this? Because to me, I'm like, okay, I'm cutting hair. I could see, all right, we're going to sell some shampoo. We're going to sell some conditioner, (laughs) you know, a hairbrush maybe. That's all related. Juice? I mean, and maybe magazines, because people need to read the magazines while they're getting their hair dyed. Yeah. They weren't selling the juice. They were buying the juice. So they were strictly customers of ours, the hairstylists, and whoever was in their chair, their client, would also be a customer. So these were by no means wholesale accounts for us. This was us just going door to door to these hair salons and selling, let's say, 10 bottles of juice in each one. But hey, if she went to... 10 or 15 hair salons, she was selling 150 bottles of juice, and that was a lot more juice than we were selling at the time in that health food store. So for us, it was amazing. But in that example now, you've now moved out of the health store 
and you're producing it yourself, or are you still operating out of that health store? Well, we started in the health food store going to the hair salon, but we grew so quickly that we only had a table in the back of a health food store. So we had to find our own space very quickly. So I would say within three to four months of us starting the hair salon business, we found our own space. It was a retail space. It was not a manufacturing space, and we were manufacturing in it. So it was definitely a challenge when you don't have floor drains, or correct coolers or water, you know, you, when you're hosing down a machine and you have to clean up with towels, that's not ideal. But we made it work. It's what we could afford, and we did the next right thing. Now, this was just you, your mom, and your brother, or were there any other That's, that's how we started, yes, for quite some time. I would say my mother very quickly created four routes of hair salons in different areas of Atlanta. So it was her and we had three other guys that were going out to these other hair salon routes for maybe a year, year and a half. That was our only source of income were these four people going out to hair salons. And then when they went to each hair salon, for instance, what's the production level? How many of these juices can you produce in an hour? So this is 1995. We had one single press. So we could probably make I'm going to say an educated guest here, five gallons an hour, let's say. Um, we can do a lot more than that at this point. But we were manufacturing in a retail space. So what happened is people in the neighborhood, the space we were in was a former Little Caesars pizza. And we basically just cleaned it, moved our machinery in, and started making juice and delivering it. The people in the neighborhood would walk by. We were in a little strip mall. and they would poke their heads in and say, what are you guys doing in here? And we said, well, we're making juice. And so pretty soon they started walking in to get juice themselves. And so by the time we outgrew that very first location, we had enough people walking into that store wanting to buy juice that we kept the location as a retail store. And that turned out to be a very fortuitous decision because having retail stores kept us very close to our customer. And so we had direct feedback, like, this is what I like, this is what I'd like to see you offer. And when you open your, let's say, your wholesale division, so the first time we got a wholesale account, there's a grocery chain in Atlanta called Kroger. I don't know if you're familiar with it. But we drove down to our local Kroger, and we asked for the manager, and the guy came out, and we said, hey, we are making juice down the street. And he said, well, let me see your operation. The guy literally followed us out into the parking lot, drove down the street behind us. We were on the same street, and he came and looked and saw what we were doing, and he told us, if you give me a cooler, I'll sell it in my store. And so we outfitted a cooler for him, and he put it in his store, and little did we know that that was the number one Kroger in Atlanta at the time. And so overnight, he took us from normal production hours to being, we were operating 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Not because he was selling so much juice, but to produce juice in a retail setting is very hard. And so quickly, we outgrew that space and found our first manufacturing facility not too far away. But we kept the first retail store, and that's what developed our sort of, we have a hybrid business. We manufacture, we retail, and we wholesale all of our products. Now, is that store still open today? It is, 28 years later. And how many people do you have working at your company now? We have about 170. Wow. And how many of those people are just manufacturing the juice? 100? 
120? No, no, no. Far more people are working in retail. So we have 16 retail stores. Okay. So I would say in manufacturing, we probably have about 40 people. And retail, we have about, let's say, 100 and probably 30 in corporate. Wow. That's a pretty big operation you got going there. Yeah. What were your revenues last year? You can share that. We don't share revenues, but it was in the double-digit millions. Wow. That's pretty big. So what are your plans now? With the so company? our plans now are we are currently, all of our retail stores are inside the Atlanta metro area. We also have a store in Athens. That's for Tracy. Um, <laughs> so, I love it. <laughs> our goal is to, we would like to open up one or two retail stores outside of the Atlanta area, and maybe even in a different state. So we would like to be expanding our retail footprint. In the wholesale, you can buy our products in all the six southern states. So we would like to start offering the products further outside of the southeast, maybe going into Texas or up the eastern seaboard so that um, we can have healthy items. You know, it's our mission to make healthy living easy, accessible, and affordable for people. It's very hard for people to be healthy. And so we're trying to expand our footprint so we can hopefully help more communities be healthy. So I do have to say that I am a franchise attorney, so I have to ask that question. Have you ever thought about franchising? I have thought about franchising, That's but it. we have not done it. Everything is corporate owned. Yeah, the point is, so you lose when you're franchising, you can build out the brand quicker, but you get stuck with yep. but the control factor goes away, right? And including, That's right. Including the quality control, which can be very important to a healthy business, right? You know, if you're if you're just making anything, that's fine, but when you when you're known for cold press health type business, you don't want to necessarily be there. When I was looking at your website, it's not just juice. I mean, you're selling the juices, but I see these cleanses, weight loss, whatever. What is all that about? Yeah. So there are a lot of ways that people are in different levels of health when they come into our stores or they visit our website. So let's say You've never, ever had a cold-pressed juice. Are you really ready to drink multigreen? No. Multigreen is spinach, kale, celery, cucumber, and lemon, right? They're all greens, no fruit. Super, super healthy, but probably not the first one you're going to drink if this is your first juice. And then there are people that come to our stores that are 100% raw vegan, and they want the healthiest of the healthy. And so we want to be able to offer them, let's say, cruciferous smoothies, which are cruciferous cabbage with banana, strawberry, flax, and water. So everybody's on a different spectrum in their health journey. And a lot of times people want to have sort of a jump start. They want to do a cleanse. So we have anything from a one-day cleanse to a 21-day cleanse. And there's benefits to juicing in that you get in every bottle of 15.2-ounce bottle of juice, you have over two pounds of fresh produce. So our bodies are incredible machines. You know, if we give it great nutrition, it will heal itself. And so cleanses are used to flood your body with lots of nutrition. You're not taxing your system with digestion, and it's sort of a vacation for your body. You feel amazing at the end of it, but there's definitely, depending on how toxic you are, some withdrawal that happens. So we try to meet people wherever they are. If you're brand new and you just want to do a two-day detox, which is our most popular cleanse, we have it for you. It's delicious. It's only for two days, and anybody can do that. Well, that's super. And my co-host, Tracy, has a couple questions. She always likes to pivot 
I mean, she doesn't play <laughs> basketball, but she does love the pivot, so. I prefer more of an intellectual pivot. Yes, you're correct. And what I would love to get some insight on, because we often we do not often have the luxury of speaking to someone who built their business essentially alongside their family since childhood, it sounds like. So I think that's amazing, but I'm sure it did not come without its own set of challenges. So can you give us some insight on what it's like to basically work within a family-run business your entire life, it sounds like? Yep, absolutely. So there are so many pluses to working in a family business, and there's also some very big minuses. So the pluses are you already have a very strong relationship with the people that you're working with, and you have a knowledge of how you work together. And so you feel very committed and trusting right away. And so that's something hard to build with people that maybe you don't know. That's the pluses. The minuses are you sometimes act like a family when it's in business, and that's unprofessional. And so it's not a great example to set for your employees. And then you also feel empowered to speak to your brother in a way that maybe you would never speak to somebody in business because they're your brother, but here they're your partner. And so I think that being in a family business, for me, in some ways, yeah, I think she was making an interesting point about the fact that you've got this family dynamics of trust, which is a foundational piece that you can't put a price on, but then at the same time, you have this level of professional interaction that becomes a challenge because you're you're essentially having a fight with your brother when he's also your business partner. So I can see where that could have challenges for sure. Well, I think you're going to be more direct. With a family member than with an employee, right? You know, can't be direct uh, sometimes. Not in the sense of criticizing, but you'll say things that you wouldn't normally, not normally say. Uh, family businesses, though, when you think about it, lots of family businesses out there. I mean, almost Heinz Ketchup or all these companies, right? They were all started out as family businesses. They have to start out somewhere. So that's an interesting comment. I'm not even sure she realizes that she's not on air. So you may have continuing to talk until that happens. So she has to realize that she may have to call back. Yeah, yeah, I think she may have just gotten disconnected. So okay. I was, when she was sharing that story, I was picturing her and her brother having a big food fight with all that juice. Well, again, <laughs> yeah, you know, your... <laughs> I, I would say some things in front of my family that I wouldn't say in front of an employee. So that, yeah. uh, that's and then setting that example for your employees, too, thinking that's an, an okay thing to do. Like, it's one thing if you're talking to your brother in the way you talk to your brother, but it's not okay if an employee is talking to your brother in the way that you're talking to your brother. So it is, yeah, that the, the whole do as that they do, not as I do. Leslie, are you, are you there? I'm here. I could hear you guys the whole time. Sorry about that. Our old oh, no worries. So, uh, you can pick up where we left off then. Yeah, we, we were talking about that, yeah. so... <laughs> But we don't have the same experience you did. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so, you know, when we first joined my mom, when we were back at the health food store, so my brother took one look at that little home cold-pressed juicer, and he said, Mom, there's no business on this juicer. If you want me to join you, I want to buy a real juicer, but it was $6,000. And he said, but I want to be CEO. And my mother, who is, her currency is, wellness, not money. She said, I don't care. Be whatever you want to be. (laughs) And so my brother became CEO of the company. And when I decided to join, I was helping them out. I was applying to med schools at the same time. 
And so I was helping out part-time. My brother was working full-time. So when I came on board full-time in 1995, he was the CEO. And I, you know, we were very, very close. It's only him and I. And we, I thought we were the perfect partners. Everything that I was good at, he was not good at, and vice versa. And so, to me, we just had this really fun, creative growth. I mean, fresh juice was just booming. It was so much fun. We're picking up new customers. I thought it was just perfect. And three years into working together, my brother came to me and he said, I don't want to work with you any longer. And I was shocked. I just didn't see it coming. I thought we were just so great together. And so, we as a team, decided to go to family business counseling, which is really a thing. And, oh, my God, um, wait. Is there really a thing? Is family, family business There is really a thing. Wow. It's <laughs> totally legit. There, uh, some of the biggest family businesses go to, to, like, there is a whole department at Kennesaw State University for family business counseling. I have a few wow. people. Wow, that's amazing. There's I'm a few so people I need to, to send. Actually. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's smart. It's smart though because it is a different. It's a literal, literally a different type of consulting. It's like therapy for business relationships. That's right. No, it, it was very helpful. And at the end of the end of the year, the consultant said to us, the counselor said, "I think that Leslie should stay and Ed, you should sell." And that's what we ended up doing. And it was very, very difficult for me personally. I was. We were a manufacturing business. My strength was in sales and in people, not in systems and mechanical stuff. And that was my brother's strength. And so personally, I was terrified to take over without him. And then just as a family, it was very, very hard for us to navigate that breakup. So, yeah, you know, the, the pluses are, you know, I've worked with my mom for 25 years. Uh, well, not quite, let's say 20 years, and now my daughter works in the business. So there is synergy, there's legacy, but, you know, there's there's always family. Well, that is a very interesting story, and that was interesting, family therapy for business owners. All right. So we were just wrapping up talking about, you know, the challenges, and it sounds like you guys got to the other side of that for the most part, and now your daughter's working in the business. How else have you expanded your team? Like, when did you know that it was time to expand your team and go outside the family? And are you continuing? I noticed on your website you have you know, multiple positions available, so it looks like you're still growing your team. Right. So we're building out some leadership positions. We do very much like to hire from within because we have the Arden's Garden way. We have the Arden's Garden culture. When you come into a store, we want you to have the Arden's Garden experience. But sometimes you're growing faster than, than you are coaching people and developing them. So we bring people from outside to teach us better ways that we can do things maybe systematically. But we always want to promote from within so that we keep the, the flavor and the feeling of Arden, which was always about promoting wellness and health, not really about profits over purpose. So that's the, the way that we're going, and um, it's, been, it's really worked out for us um, extremely well. Well, and I mean, I think a lot of that also has is reflected. Those missions and those values are reflected in your product line, and you have a very extensive product line. Can you share with us some insight on product development for all of these different now great wellness brands that you have? Absolutely. So, product development is absolutely my passion. Unbelievably, like my mother 
was always the biggest health nut, and I was so resistant as a child to that, and now I have become my mother. And so (laughs) what I have come to learn is that, you know, as I get older and I want to stay healthy, I see how challenging it is. And you can drink lots of juice and you can drink lots of smoothies, but sometimes you need other stuff. And so we ventured out into plant-based foods. We have an entire line that we offer in our retail stores and that we will soon be offering to other uh, outlets where you can have food that is plant-based, very healthy, also tasty, but you're not having to struggle to make it. And then another line that's my personal passion, everybody on my team is struggling with it, is that we've come out with two cruciferous smoothies. So as many people may not know, the most densely nutritious foods on earth are cruciferous vegetables. It's very challenging to get them in on a daily basis, and so... We created some smoothies that are very low in natural sugar. We don't add sugar to anything that we make, but fruits are naturally high in sugar. So we take these amazing cruciferous vegetables, whether it's kale or cabbage, we blend them with just two fruits, water, and some flaxseed, which have amazing omega-3s, so our brain function stays up to par and we don't have mental fog. And so it's just so much fun to make it easy for people to be healthy and figure out ways that people can get all the nutrients they need in this processed world that we live in. That is so amazing. And now I also saw that outside of juices that you also have snacks, right? We have some amazing snacks. We have a a brilliant plant-based chef that leads our team. So Back in 2011, I saw a movie called Forks Over Knives. I don't know if anyone has seen it, but it changed my life. I realized that it was very important what I put into my mouth. It didn't just affect how fat I was or how skinny I was, but it affected how energized, how happy, how optimistic I was. And so I made a huge change in my diet, in my family's diet. And over the years, I have just been really devoted to putting optimal nutrition in, and I've just seen what a change it's made for me, for my children, for my husband, and so I want to make that available to other people. We live in a white processed food world, and so you can't look everywhere and just get healthy food easily, and so we're trying to change that. I love that. Well, this has been such a fascinating conversation. I honestly wish that we had so much more time because I know there's a lot more we could get into, and especially Being a fellow Georgia native, it's always just nice to connect with somebody who knows what it's like to live in my backyard. So that's fun, too. For those of you who are listening live, let us not forget that we have a podcast, and I'm going to ask you to share how people can get in touch with you. If you guys can't write it down right now, then you can grab it on the podcast. So how can people continue this conversation with you and also order because I know you don't have to go into their local retail stores. You actually ship online. So how can people order your product and continue the conversation with you? Absolutely. So you can order our product on our website, which is ardensgarden.com, A-R-D-E-N-S, garden.com. And you can reach us on all social at ardensgardenatl on Facebook and Instagram, TikTok, we're on it all. We love to hear from people. If you have questions or suggestions, we, we would love to hear from you. And again, just reminding you about our podcast, it is the Ask Brian podcast, and that's, of course, A-S-K-B-R-I-E-N. 
And you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And you can order some juice. And we'll have a link in the show notes for that. And also, love it if you would just head on over and rate us and review us. But more importantly, if you love the podcast, share it with a fellow entrepreneur who could use the amazing education and experience that our guests provide. Peter? Thanks, Tracy. So the next question we have is, what was the biggest challenge you had in going from, you know, a two or three person business to expanding it to what you have today? What was the biggest challenge you had? The challenge was not capital for us because I'm a very cautious individual, so I was never, ever looking for money. (laughs) I always just, whatever we made, we put back into the business. So we have been very organic in our growth. As we made more money, we bought more machinery, we hired more people. So I'm someone that likes to sleep at night. I'm not a huge risk taker. I I do feel that there's a certain type of person that loves to be an entrepreneur. We don't need to make a paycheck, but we don't want to be told what to do. So that served me well. I would say the most challenging thing that happened to us was when we got to a certain size and other companies started taking notice of us and started using their leverage with other retailers to take shelf space away from us. How we were able to navigate that, it was super difficult. And it's something that we we actually leveraged an asset that we had, which was customer loyalty. We knew that our customers were super loyal. And so when we lost shelf space, we asked them to reach out to the retailer and say, hey, I really want to be able to buy this product here. And unbelievably, the retailer listened. And they turned out they took us from 40 stores to over 200 stores. So what at one point was just a, you know, earth-shattering, oh, my gosh, we, we may go out of business, we've lost this great retailer, turned into the biggest benefit that had happened to us up until that point. So sometimes you have to look at challenging situations and see past them and just notice that it can, be, it can launch you even further. And you mentioned the company culture, but we don't know what that company culture is. So without telling any secrets, what is your company culture? So our company culture is based so much on respect and teamwork and doing the best that you can. So I don't ever ask anybody to do something that I wouldn't do. And when you're talking about leadership and developing people, you know, people have always seen the way that I operate, the way my mother operated, the way the leadership team is. And so in the culture, it's all for one and one for all. And People come to work with us because it feels like a family, because we are a family. We take care of one another, and, and that's one of the greatest things that we have going for us. That's a great way to end the show. Thank you very much. Listen to KHS 1220, 98.1 FM, The Ask Brian Show. Thank you very much, Tracy. Thank you very much, Leslie. Great to have you on. Hopefully, we'll have you back on again. Sounds like a wonderful, wonderful product. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Ask Brian radio show. You can listen to us every Thursday on KTHS AM 1220 and FM 98.1 or via Facebook Live or anytime wherever you listen to your podcasts. Visit askbrian.com to join the conversation and ask us your business questions and we'll answer them on our next episode. That's askbrien.com.